Shalom and welcome. I'm Chelsea, certified mermaid, diver, and science communicator. And I'm Blake, scuba dive master, freediving instructor, and also a science communicator. <laughs> We've created the Save the Mermaids podcast to connect ocean lovers from across the seven seas who have a desire to protect our waters and learn to live in sync with nature. Save the mermaids, save the seas. Let's dive in. You all know how much we love sharks. We also love protecting them. And a big way to do that is to make sure we are shopping for shark tooth jewelry responsibly. We've learned a lot about this on our podcast and Silver Finco is the perfect jewelry maker for all your shark jewelry needs and wants. All teeth at Silver Finco are ethically and responsibly sourced by Val, scuba shark tooth finder extraordinaire. Her pieces are absolutely perfect for everyday wear, and she has many different styles to choose from. She takes the badassness of a shark tooth and creates beautiful feminine necklaces, bracelets, anklets, rings, and earrings to go with everything, and are even fully swimmable so you can add a little extra style to your water woman life. Use code MERMAID10 at silverfinco.squarespace.com and check her out on Instagram at silverfinco to keep in the know about all the newest styles. You can also just follow me because you can be damn sure I'll be wearing her stuff all the time. And now for happy environmental news. So only one highlighted three companies that were harnessing the potentials of seaweed. And I thought it would be cool for us to highlight them too. Yay, yay, only one. Good job, only one. Uh, So the first one is called Sway from California. Uh, They make home compostable packaging derived from seaweed, which is naturally abundant and regenerative source. Um, So that goes into our whole, you know, when we talk about having issues with packaging Mm. and plastic, get your little to-go cup in some seaweed. I love that. The next one is in Hawaii. Yes. And it is Symbrosia. Um, so after carbon dioxide, methane is the second most abundant anthropogenic GHG, accounting for about 20% of global emissions. Methane emissions from livestock make up about 8 to 10% of total, total global <laughs> greenhouse gas emissions. Um, so what these guys are doing is producing something called sea grays. It's a livestock feed additive made uh, from the red seaweed. Ex- it's from a red seaweed. Okay. Cool. Um, breakthrough research has shown that adding just a sprinkle of the seaweed to livestock feed reduces livestock methane emissions by over 90%. Stop. It just helps them not have gas. Methane is just cow farts. Right. It just literally helps their bellies digest all the crap that we give them. I feel like we should probably be eating more of it. Yeah, too, huh? I'll give you the, it's called Aspercarbidopsis taxiformis. <laughs> right. If you want to look that up for the red seaweed. But 90%. Uh, And the next one is in my favorite country in the whole world, Australia. (laughs) It's called Ulu, U-L-U-U, in Perth. Um, They're pioneering a carbon negative plastic replacement, a biomaterial produced by saltwater microbes fed with farmed seaweed. Uh, PHA is a natural polymer that can replace many plastics while remaining reusable, recyclable, and more importantly, biodegradable. So it's it does everything that plastic can do. Why everything. can't we just make this change already? We're working on it. Ugh. They're working on it. 
Um, it, they are melted down into pellets, which can then be utilized in existing production equipment and make a variety of everyday items. So it can be for everything. Yeah. Um, it's building a pilot plant in Western Australia and working with brand partners to develop products made with its innovative material that is launching soon. Yay. Isn't Ooh, that great? I love that. Yeah. What a great way to change the planet yep. is just be like, Hey, you don't even have to change your machinery to make this plastic wrapper, to make these to go lids or whatever. I think it's. It says a lot about our dependency on plastic that we're trying to recreate it. Mm -hmm. But I really like that there are ways to do it. We just need to do it. Yeah. And it's not like plastic. Like, it's a helpful invention. Like, mm -hmm. to-go cups are so much nicer when you're on the go. You know what I mean? <laughs> However, it does take for... We're such a quick, fast-paced society that we forget, like, hey, a long time ago, I would have just brought my own soup lid mm -hmm. or my own soup can to, to go. <laughs> you know? Sometimes when I'm at work, I'll like look around just the room I'm in or the five foot bubble I'm in and I'll look and see how much stuff in there is made of plastic mm. and even stuff that's attached to things that are not is like you, you look at like your, your metal water bottles, mm -hmm. which are great, but the lids are plastic mm -hmm. or like, you know, a, bamboo pen but the plastic is the, the clicker inside. yeah yep. yeah so it's just it's infiltrated everywhere it really has so it's good that people are trying to come up with seaweed yeah seaweed so cute Alrighty, um so you have a full episode today what do you got for me girl throw it at me today we're talking about the hydra this sounds spooky i know is it's it's a little weird. Okay. But it's not like, when I think of Hydra, I think of like Marvel movies. I do too. And like ancient Greece. Immediately think of Marvel, Captain America. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Me too. Even though we probably should think about like Heracles. You and know, like the Hydra, but... <laughs> history, whatever. <laughs> Marvel. Marvel. <laughs> okay. So the Hydra is a genus of small freshwater hydrozoan, which is a class of very small predatory animals. So think like... um oh gosh, like bug sized, smaller than that. It's teeny. Oh, um, oh, I was thinking it was like a handful. No, they're little. They're less than half an inch. I'll get into how big they are, but they're teeny. Little. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so they're da, 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 some solitary and some colonial, um, most of which inhabit salt water. They are native to the temperate and tropical regions. The genus was named by Linnaeus in 1758 after the Hydra, which has many heads, um, the beast of many heads defeated by Heracles, like I said, mm. um, as when the animal had a part severed, it would regenerate much like the Hydra's head. Any part? Any part. Mm. It's weird. It gets weird how much they can regenerate. Okay. And if you look at a picture, it really does look like a Hydra anyway. It looks like a tube that flowers out into a bunch of little stems. Okay. So it's got kind of a many headed look regardless. Oh, weird. Yeah. yeah. It's like a worm with other worms. Yeah. <laughs> Multi-worm animal. Yeah. So, I mean, the name totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, and it does regenerate. Um, biologists are especially interested in Hydra because of these regenerative, regenerative abilities, and they do not appear to die of old age or even to age at all. What? Mm-hmm. Weird. I know. I love that scientists are so interested in regeneration and we ran into this with the axolotls we too. did like yeah. people love that because we can't nope. mm -hmm. but it'd be weird if we did there would be too, there's already too many of us so just imagine if like all of the humans ever were still here oh my god no that's too many no i, I, I would leave cut it <laughs> shut it down <laughs> 
I don't want to live on this planet too anymore. Many people. <laughs> um, that also reminds me of Deadpool, actually, when he regrows re- re- his little hand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it'd be gross also. It would also be gross. <laughs> this is like a movie episode. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so like I said, the Hydra has a tubular body up to only 10 millimeters. So that's one or that's 0.39 inches. Just a teeny <laughs> little so baby. Small. They're so small. And that's um when extended. Oh. So that's like at their longest. Wow. Uh they're secured by a simple adhesive foot known as the basal disc. Um, gland cells in the basal disc secre- secrete a sticky fluid that accounts for the sticky properties. So that's how it stays in one place. He's just sticky. <laughs> He's really cute. Hold on. Little worm. <laughs> the way they move is really cool too. I'll get into that in a second. Um, so the basal tubes, uh, their basal disc is at the bottom being all sticky. And then at the other end of the body is a mouth opening surrounded by 12. It's one to 12. It could have any number, but generally speaking between one and 12 thin mobile tentacles. Each tentacle or Nida, it's a C-N-I-D-A. Canida. Can't tell if I want to pronounce the C or the N. I don't know. I feel like Nida. Okay, we'll call them Nidas. Yeah. Um, so those are covered with stinging cells chi- called nidocytes. <laughs> nidocytes contain specialized structures called nematocysts, which we have yeah. talked about before. Stingies. Exactly. And they're just like miniature light bulbs with a coiled thread inside. And the narrow outer ridge of the nidocyte is a short trigger hair called the nidocyl. So do these guys sting? They do. And they shoot it at you. Oh, rude. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember. What else did we talk about that shot it? There and like some sort of like tiny, it was, it was during our microscopic Not a tardigrade. Something like that. Yeah. Not the flea. It no. was one of the little ones. Yeah. I don't know. Um, hopefully we have a diehard visitor or listener out there that's yeah. like, I know what it is. <laughs> Um, so for them, any tiny animal is fair game to become prey to the, um, to the hydra, including worms, small crustaceans, baby fish, young insects, and larval mollusks. So they're just snagging them out of the water. (laughs) I know. So upon contact with the prey, the contents of the nematosis are explosively discharged, firing a dart-like thread containing neurotoxins into whatever triggered the release. This can paralyze the prey, especially if many hundreds of the nematocysts are fired. Man, like being little in the world is terrifying. Yeah, but like the microscopic, like less than an inch world Mm -hmm. is being surrounded by stinging cells shot at you. And you're just going about your day to day life. You're at Starbucks, (laughs) grabbing coffee and then boom. Oh, there goes Chelsea. What a way. She just got pulled away. Oh, just a little larval mollusk like running around the ocean and then bam. Done. Sucked into a hydra. I know. I guess it's like terrifying, but everything that size is really armed to the teeth. Yeah. Like they all kind of know what's up. Yep. Ugh. I don't ever want to do like a honey, I shrunk the kids. No. Like magic school bus. Oh my God. Um, okay, so let's see. Hydras have two significant structures on their body. It's the head and the foot. When a hydra is cut in half, each half regenerates and forms into the like a small hydra. So the head regenerates a foot, the foot regenerates a head. And if it's sliced into many segments, the middle slices will form a head and a foot. So there's like no getting rid of this thing. The Only the middle slices though? 
like every slice that you make Mm -hmm. like chop it up like a carrot Mm -hmm. all of those pieces like the the part of the head will regrow a foot yeah the part of the foot will regrow a head and all the little middle pieces will grow a foot and a head oh wow so you've created one of them isn't becoming anything right so you've just created like tons of hydras yeah you just like quadrupled the okay the other hydra Uh (laughs) um okay let's see if a hydra is alarmed or attacked, the tentacles can be retracted to small buds, and the body column itself can be retracted into a, just a gelatinous sphere. So it is, like, lethal, but it can get scared. And this bubble. Yeah. Aww. Just, like, curled up. I need a bubble. Right? I think it's super interesting. Um, hydras are generally sedentary, but do occasionally move. This is so cool. It's called, especially when they hunt. They have two methods for moving, looping and somersaulting. And they do this by bending over and attaching themselves with the mouth and the tentacles. And then they flip the foot over and like somersault over each other and do like little flips to move. Like a slinky? Yeah, just like a slinky. (laughs) These are so cute. I know. a worm with tentacles. Like a terrifying, adorable little worm. So a hydra can actually move several inches a day by that. Wow. Yeah, method. That's, That's a lot when you're only an inch long. I guess it's not going mean, to get dizzy. Inch long. Yeah. As long as I don't get dizzy. Just like constant cartwheels. a lot. <laughs> um, when food is plentiful, many hydra reproduce asexually by budding. Yeah. Guess what budding is? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> so it's like uh, they, they form on their body and grow into little miniature adults and break away. Ew. So like you're growing a you on you no like you woke up one day and like there's a bump on your side and then it turns into like a little blake and breaks off and runs away um yeah it's like terrifying when you equate it to people (laughs) um when a hydra is well fed, a new bud can form every two days. Wow. When conditions are harsh before winter or in poor feeding conditions, sexual re- reproduction only occurs in some hydra. Um, swellings in the body wall develop into either ovaries or testes. And the testes release free swimming gametes? Gametes? Gametes. Yeah, that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Into the water. And those can fertilize the egg in the ovary of another individual. The fertilized eggs secrete a tough, uh-oh, whoa, sorry. I totally lost my spot. Oh, no. Um, a tough outer coating. And as the adult dies due to starvation or cold, because times are tough. Right. Um, these resting eggs fall into the bottom of the water body to await better conditions. Oh. And then they hatch into nymph hydra. Like a tardigrade. <clears throat> yeah. They just hang out until it's good to go again. Um, some hydra species are hermaphrodites and may produce both testes and ovaries at the same time. Okay. When feeding, hydra extend their body to maximum length and then slowly extend their tentacles. The tentacles of the hydra can be four to five times the length of the body. Um, once fully extended, the tentacles are slowly maneuvered around waiting for contact with a prey animal. So it's just like creepily feeling around the ocean. <sighs> Upon contact, nematosis on the tentacle fire into the prey, and the tentacle itself coils around the prey. 
Most of the tentacles join in on the attack within 30 seconds to subdue the tr struggling prey. And within two minutes, the tentacles surround the prey and move it into the open mouth aperture. Within 10 minutes, the prey is engulfed within the potty cavity and digestion finally begins. That's a long mm -hmm. process to be snacked. Right? Can you imagine like creepily like walking your finger across the table, mm -hmm. like grabbing your husband's Oreo and then like just like taking 10 minutes to pull it back in as it's slowly just like a sloth yeah. move your hand <laughs> i'd probably be in really good shape though if it took me that long to eat an oreo i know <laughs> um some species of hydra exist in a mutual relationship with various types of unicellular algae the algae are protected from predators by the hydra and in return photosynthetic products from the algae are beneficial as food source for the hydra mm. and that is the hydra that's a lot i feel kind of like i got punched in the face <laughs> with a lot of odd visuals one, for this one one to twelve little hands yeah yeah it's a lot there's like a lot of layers to this there's a guy. lot of layers and the just the blake popping off my body and running away that was a lot of fun but i appreciate your skills as a science communicator i, I do yeah but they were a little too good today i just really wanted to I convey it. what this animal has to offer yeah <laughs> sleep tight <laughs> Thanks so much for diving in with us today. Please make sure to follow us on Instagram at Save the Mermaids Podcast. Visit our website at www.mermaidconservation.com for all the podcast merch and our eco-friendly favorites. And don't forget to join our Facebook community, Save the Mermaids Podcast Community. This is where we will post our monthly meetups, share our favorite underwater adventures, and connect with like-minded ocean lovers all over the world. Until next time, mermaids! Thank you.